Guys, people on today's show, I got the nerve to take it to the Bible again. And we read James chapter 1, but 19 through 26 are the verses I think we explore. But not before I give you five, that's right, five of my book suggestions. For everybody that's hitting me up and asking me, what books do you read about finances and business? You're going to get everything you need from that and more. We're going to talk about being quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. Don't be a stranger. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Now inspiration. Inspire yeah. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher. Let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you. Let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to inspire God's people where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Don't let where you start limit how far you can go. I put that on Facebook today. You know what I'm saying? I think it got something like, well, like 53 likes or something. You know, people don't like stuff like that. No, I'm just joking. Sometimes it's the algorithm. I don't really post on Facebook a whole lot, a couple times a week. Um, but that was something, man, this morning that was on my mind. Um, cause I was thinking about just life. You feel what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm gonna be real with y'all. You know, on this show, I try my best to stay away from certain topics, mostly because not cause I'm afraid to talk about stuff, but because I feel like number one, it's really tough to talk about, to introduce new ways of thinking to people. Um, and they be open to it. So it's like, we live in a society that's like, super triggered, like want to be mad instantly, maybe even before people understand what you mean. And it's just a whole bunch of negativity that comes with stuff that I don't really have time for. I really don't like being misrepresented. That bothers me. Um, and that's one of the things I love about this show. Cause I can like, I have the opportunity to articulate, um, the things that I do uh, feel led to talk about, you know what I'm saying? And some things is just a matter of timing, but one of the things I want to say you know, and it is like, there's a lot of things happening in the, in the world. You know what? Some of it is, I don't really know where to start. Cause it's so much to say. Um, that's like, it's just so much I, I need to say. I want to say, um, what I'll say today is like, there's a lot of doctrines or mindsets being passed on along to us. And I'm watching people just accept the new mindset and like run with it. You feel what I'm saying? It's like, yo, like, whoa, we can't like, no. Okay. Here's what, let me be specific. Right. So as I look at the last year, what has happened? So, you know, you got things like the stimulus checks and every other type of check and every other type of program. Um, let's just call it free money. You know what I'm saying? Let's just call it, let's lump it all up as free money. So you got a lot of free money out there, a lot of loans and all these things, right? Now, let me be clear, right? This is why I want you to listen to me. I think programs can be great. I think they are great. Um, I have worked on things and, and worked on programs and, and been a part of 
um, building um, things for communities and stuff. So I would never speak down on that in general. So I'm not talking about that in general. But I do think, and this is something that's important to me as I've worked on things, like when you're setting someone up for something, number one, the program should set people up for success. In the future, it shouldn't be built to hold people back ultimately. And what do I mean by that? Um, we've all heard the term, <laughs> give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man a fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. You know what I'm saying? And we've been saying that for years and we've been believing that easily. But sometimes it seems like, like why we don't want to rock with that when it comes to applying it to life? You get what I'm saying? So what's my point? I'm seeing people who, let me not eat. Okay, just generally speaking in the world, what I'm seeing and my concern is like, do people understand how the world work? Like free money ain't free money. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I, I think sometimes we think all this stuff is happening like, yo, all right, bet. I'm going to just chill at home and I'm going to just live off the free money. And I even feel this way about like government assistance in general. Let's say that. It's not all created equal because there are millions of people who need things, right? And I'm not talking about those people because there's always people who need these programs and that's why a lot of these programs exist, right? But I feel like sometimes the work is incomplete and I'm not even saying I have the answer. So let me be clear about that. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm saying something. Like, you have people, like, who collect government free money. So let me, let me say this. In order to qualify for the free money, you have to be <laughs> at a certain level, most times some level of poverty, right? All right, so cool. So in order to qualify for this, I got to be here. No problem if you're there, not judging you. Um, I've been there. So let, let me make that clear, right? But when you're there, now you got a choice to make. And I'm, I'm talking about this because I know a lot of people. I'm from Detroit, bro. I know a lot of people. I'm talking friends, family members, whatever it may be. I know a lot of people. And a lot of times, the free money is an incentive to keep qualifying for it. Because if you mess around and make more money, you're not going to get the free money, right? So then where you're from starts limiting where you think you can go. So to some people, it's like this. Yo, why would I get up and go get a job? Or why would I get up and go do something with my life if the government is going to pay me to stay poor? Now, I'm not even talking about the intention of the program. like. Maybe like a lot of people need it. <laughs> I need it. Like, let me, I'm trying to tell y'all something. You know how many times I ate off government money? You know how many times like I had Christmas gifts off programs? Like, so, so understand what I'm saying. Hear me clearly. But what, I, what I'm thankful for is this. And I appreciate my parents for this. Like, I was never taught to stay there. You feel what I'm saying? Like, now, I'm not, this ain't about me. This, like, it's about the reason I believe it is because I've lived it. Like, here's the thing that's crazy today, right? We live in this super politically correct world, and I understand it. Like, I have to be mindful of certain things, working in a high level of business, doing, you know, business with uh, really high level clients and just all the 
crazy political nature of what you say, how you say all these things that flow around. I get it. You get what I'm saying? But I'm going to tell you this, though. Um, one thing is this. Like, <laughs> I ain't learned how to be poor off TV. I didn't become aware of being poor last week. I ain't learned how to be in poverty off TV. I ain't learned how to be black off TV. Like, one of the things that kind of bother me, I'm just being real, is like I'm watching people tell you how to talk about stuff that you lived. Like, what you talking about? Like, I don't, I'm, the things I'm talking about, I lived it, bro. Like, like many of y'all have, I'm not even saying I'm no different than nobody else. I know people who lived this life. Like, have you ever, like, not had hot water running through the house and had to, in order to take a bath, had to take your, wake up early in the morning before school, put some water, cold water, because the hot water is cut off, put some cold water on a stove, heat it up, and keep doing that with as big as pots as you can, three, four pots at a time. And that's how I took a bath many mornings. It was other times that the water was just off. And thankfully, my grandma lived at one point in my life, like five blocks away. I would get up in the morning before school, run five blocks, take a bath, a shower at my grandma's house, run back home, and leave for school. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'd have had to walk through, like, oh, snap, like, oh, man, there's some, oh, there's some bloods over here, and I got on blue. Oh, there's some crips over here, and I got on red. Oh, shoot, I ain't in no gang. I'm just wearing a color today. But, like, just because of the hood I'm in or where I'm walking, I got to be mindful of that. Like, so what I'm, what I'm saying is, like, it's, it's kind of frustrating hearing people who are passionate about something because they, because politicians or people on TV told them to be passionate about it. And you trying to talk about it because you lived it and you can't even say what you're trying to say because the people with an agenda don't like, no, nah, we got to keep pushing this because we want people to think this. Oh, Jay, you can't say that because that's offensive. Offensive to who? My grandma, my auntie, my mama, me? Like, who am I offending? My cousin, my brother, my friend? I lived it. I'm not, I'm not talking as an outsider. You get what I'm saying? And I'm sorry, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm passionate right now because some of it is the frustration of trying to talk about things and topics and subjects that people have hijacked and turned into political agendas. And ultimately, the problem in that is that the people suffer. Because what I care about, the reason that I've been going back to schools, like the reason, man, I, I was a part of this one school program. This probably like six years ago. I was a part of this program where you have like a student and you get to go sit in class with them on certain days. It was so dope. Like sitting in a class with middle school students and like, man, I remember I was kind of hurt because the dude who was my student had trans, he was transferring to another school. You know what I'm saying? He was a real cool kid. And like, like what I'm saying is the reason I was doing that type of stuff and I've been doing that type of stuff is because of the people. Because cause I always wanted, like, I'm like, yo, like, oh, we can be something. It was like for me growing up, like, man, once I knew I could be something, like, I wanted other people to know this. Like, you don't have to stay wherever you at in life. We all start at different points. We all got different reasons why we're there. And all I'm trying to say is there is a message or a mindset or a way of thinking, philosophies being pushed to people 
Um, and maybe even sometimes by well-intentioned people who haven't necessarily lived it or who just forgot where they came from and forgot how they made it to their level of influence. And so there's a message like constantly telling people what they can't do. It's, it's real subtle. It's like, oh, no, you stay here. You keep qualifying for this because I feel sorry for you. Versus, yo, OK, I'm going to give you this fish today because you hungry. And like you should eat and you should be able to eat. But I'm going to give you this eat me to get it right. And so that's sometimes my struggle with the mindset that's being pushed out to people. And so that's sometimes my struggle with the mindset that's being pushed out to people. And you have people who are starting to believe that narrative. You feel me? Like you starting to accept this narrative that like you, <laughs> they supposed to help you. They got to help you. Like, I'm just, I'm just telling you, whoever they is, that's a dangerous way to think in anything in life. You get what I'm saying? Because ultimately, when you understand how, to, how the world really works, and, and I'm not, all right, here's what I'm saying. Let me be specific with that. Like, when you look at a lot of the money that was um, set aside and put towards different things, and even some great causes, there are a lot of great things that happened in the last year as it relates to um, charitable efforts, right? So I'm not saying that there's not a place for that. Hear me clearly. But what I'm saying is, it's not, I really think it's not right to create the mindset in people that this is always going to be there. It's not. It's a matter of politics. It's a matter, matter of uh, budgeting. So you, when I look at the world, this is how I look at the world. I look and I say, okay, what's important to people by and, at, by and large right now in the world? Right now, what's super important to a lot of people is like equality in general, right? So you think about racial equality um, and a bunch of the other things that that's what's pushed, right? Um, that's what was pushed last year in a really um, strong political environment, really um, strong political environment. There was really a separation, separation of race and class, class um, uh, a battle of the classes, battle of the races. Um, you saw that through the election, through the pandemic. And that was the message that's continued to be um, put out. And I'm not even saying right or wrong or whatever. That's not the point. What I'm saying is that's the message. That's the tone of the environment of the world. So what that means is that's where the money goes. Right. So companies, different people get a lot of pressure. Everyone's putting their money towards certain things in today's climate and environment, because those are the things that are important. You're not seeing as much as a as a focus on um, recycling or something like that. And there is a lot of money being put into sustainability. But what I'm saying is that in general, when you look at the messages that's being out there, a lot of, a lot of it is around equality. Right. And so you have people who may not know or understand that, okay, that's where the budget is today. But budgets change annually. Maybe this one, I don't know. But what I'm telling you is this, what I know for a fact. What you saw happen last year is not going to happen this year. It's not going to happen every year. At some point, it's going to go away. It's probably going to, you know, a lot of things are scheduled to go away this year. And the question really is, when it goes away, have you learned how to fish? You feel me? Like, did I learn how to fish 
or was I just comfortable eating the fish that was being given to me? And then when it's no longer there, what did I do to prepare myself? I never think it's wrong to prepare yourself for anything, regardless of who's helping you do what. If you can do it. Now, I understand, man, we're not talking about extreme circumstances where it's like because when you talk about things like this, people like to bring extreme circumstances like, oh, what about my cousin? He ain't got this. Or, no, no, no. It's like, nope, I'm not talking about him. Then he doesn't qualify. Oh, that person literally can't go to work or they were at war and lost something. They're handicapped or whatever. Like, OK, cool. I'm not talking about those people. We're talking about, though. By and at large, we're talking about your other cousin that can get up and go to work and just won't, right? That can be better, that is talented, that is smart, that is skillful, but they're continually being told that they're less than, even when it's subtle, all right? All I'm saying with that is don't let wherever you started in this life, man, stop you or limit you from how far you can go. You can learn, you can develop yourself, you can become better. God gifted you. You are strong. You are smart. Like, it doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter, like, your how much money. Like, all those things, man, you still are something. And, and it, it really bothers me because a lot of people, like, see themselves through their titles. You know what I'm saying? I see that a lot working in the corporate world. Like, depending on what title you are, that's how people tend to view you. But they won't know nothing else about your life. It's like you can be... <laughs> The, the senior vice president here, like, I don't, but I don't know what you do out of here, though. Like, so don't, don't throw your title at me. I won't throw my title. I don't throw my title at people who are not at the level I'm at in business. Like, that doesn't make sense to me because we're people and we got to treat people with that love and respect and also know that the dude that's the janitor today that had the greatest business idea in U.S. history. And then we'll call him a genius after he had that idea. But the thing is, he been a genius. All right. Y'all probably tired of hearing me talk about that. But uh, that's probably an example of why I don't get into some of these topics in the world, race, politics, all those things, because um, I can get passionate about them. And I do have a lot to say. Hopefully I articulated that well enough. I think I've said enough about that topic today. Um, hopefully. Um, you know, you were able to like hear me out, understand where I'm coming from. And there's nothing we got to like argue about or something, because I know there's a lot of different angles and stories. But I'm telling you, as somebody who grew up on the east side of Detroit, who came from it, I'm not talking as an outsider. So like, I'm not going to uh, be afraid to talk about stuff that is literally my life. That's literally my family's life. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I just think in the world, in the midst of all this political correctness and having to say the right thing and all of that. And I understand the importance of articulating well or like just not being blatantly, um, you know, offensive in general or whatever like that. But it's like I'm I'm a believer. I'm I'm not like that anyway. That's not my nature. Um, but this is this is important to me, man. Seeing my people, seeing people like believe these lies that they're less than like, no, I can't rock with that. I can't rock with it. You are not less than you are fully capable. Anybody who tells you you can't do something to me. Like, I don't trust that person. If you tell me I'm not good enough to do something, like, because of where I came from, because of who I am, I can't rock with you. Don't tell me what I can't do. Don't tell me what I can't do. Anyway, that's randomly me making a song in a moment. All right, let's move on to a different topic, man. Um, So I had people 
a lot of people have been reaching out to me um asking in particular about like finances and and what books do I read and things like that. And I've been going back and forth like and y'all know the people who email me when I respond to y'all. Um sometimes my answers is kind of like uh it's a little tricky because I don't want to start referring you books and like some of the books have concepts that's not necessarily biblical. So I always try to let people know first and foremost that you know, I first read the Bible and the Bible was my anchor and my foundation and it equipped me. And the Bible was really the first book that piqued my interest around finances, success and money and all those type of things um, and hard work. When I read things uh, in greatness, when I read things like Proverbs 12 and is it 24 or 26? Um, I think it's 24, but forgive me if I'm wrong. Proverbs 12, 24 or 26 that says, um, Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. That is the um, NLT, New Living Translation. The King James um, Version um, says something as it relates to um, slavery as uh, paying a tribute, which is pretty much like a monthly payment, right? So directly dealing with finances. And so when I started reading the Bible, the parable of the talents, um, you know, Matthew 25, 14 through 30, and I started understanding that, yo, the Bible addresses these issues. It's just that we are sometimes so selfishly we reading the word and wanting to make it all mystified and just like, I'm not saying the Bible ain't, ain't deep. That's like, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying sometimes we try to make stuff seem like unattainable in the spiritual realm. And we take away from the true meaning of the parables and what Jesus gave us. And Jesus spoke in parables for a specific reason so that the people who followed him could hear and understand what he was saying. He didn't speak in parables to confuse believers. He spoke in parables to confuse the world. So I said all that to say the Bible is my foundation as it relates to the things that we talk about on this show. Um, I believe that the Bible in the proper context does not um, sway us away from things like business, but actually draws us closer to it. If we would just hear the concepts out, read the Bible in its proper context and see some of the similarities in the importance of doing good business, for instance, or uh, being great versus being average. The Bible doesn't ever tell us just to be average or just to be complacent or settle. It tells us to be com content, but contentment and complacency are two completely different things. So there are times that we're reading in the Bible, be content and what we are actually applying in our lives is being complacent. Now, I've described that this way, you know, on this show before as like contentment versus complacency. So like contentment, when you think about just bending down and touching your toes, right? Like, yo, however far you can bend down, like however you bend down first, like let's just even say you just touching your knees, not your toes. So let's say you bend down and you touch your knees just to whatever the natural position is. Like you probably can go a little further, right? So to me, complacency would be you just bent down and was like, hey, that's as far as I can go. I can't pick up that piece of candy off the ground. That's complacent because you, you actually can go further if you give a little more effort, right? Contentment would be, yo, you literally bent down as much as you comfortably can and still can't reach the candy and being like, yo, Jermaine, I can't reach it. I'm content with the fact that I can't reach it. It is what it is, right? Complacency. You actually could have did a little more. You were cutting corners. You were selling yourself short. 
um, contentment, you're actually just satisfied with however far you can go. That's a big difference. So there are times in our lives where we're saying we can, we're content when really we are complacent. Really, we have settled for less than what we could do or achieve if we worked or tried just a little harder. All right. So with all of that said, um, I do want to actually give you all some book suggestions today. Um, so I'm going to give you all about four or five or five or six book suggestions because, I, again, man, there are things people ask me and I try my best to answer questions directly and not beat around a bush. And I feel like hopefully now, like hearing this out, you kind of understand my position on these books because I know how some of y'all are. I'll beat and get you a book and you'll be like, oh, Jay, that book said something crazy about the word of God. And then now you're trying to blame me. And it's like, no, listen to what I'm saying, people. All right. So here's a couple of book suggestions. Um, let me say this first. All right. The first thing that I considered, like after reading the Bible, was that as I engaged these other books, number one, I really focused on business or psychology or marketing based books. I don't typically read too many like how, this. This is going to sound crazy, but I don't really like to read too many like. um, Like, how can I say this? Like, if your pastor write a book, I don't know if I want to read it. I'm just being real. That's crazy. I know to the pastors out there, I love you. God bless you. Send me your book. Please email me, Jermaine Wilson Music at gmail.com. I'm I'm not really a fan of like trying to like churchify everything. Now let me let me say this as a disclaimer. I'm not talking about like doctrine or or theologically based educational Christian books. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like a pastor that wanna write a book like Faith in the Wind. Like I'm not really, no offense towards that type of book, but for what I'm looking for, I just needed something different um, because I, I just needed something different. I'm sorry. Let me not even, let me, pastors, keep writing books. I'm sorry, y'all. Everybody mad at me now. I love your book. All right. The other thing was that I wasn't looking for books to be a one-stop shop. You feel what I'm saying? So what do I mean by that? I mean, I think sometimes in life what we're looking for is like, People will ask me a question sometimes, right? Like this question, like, all right, Jay, what book you read to get your finances going? And it's like, the question isn't bad, so don't get me wrong. But there are times that people ask me these type of questions, and it feels like, and I, like, again, I could be wrong, but it feels like you're expecting me to answer you and say something that where that one thing is going to change your whole life. Like, this one thing, if you read this one book, everything changes. I'm not saying that's impossible, right? That book, there are things that happen. You can listen to this show and your life could be changed and it could lead you to something else. But what I really want you to know is that like this one-stop shop mentality is really short-term. And if you've been listening to this show, you know that I'm a long-term person. I look at what's sustainable and what I can kind of become in the long term, not necessarily just caught up in exactly what today looks like, okay? So... I wasn't trying to read one book to achieve one thing necessarily. What I believe in is I read different books for different reasons. So like I'll read a book and it'll serve a purpose. So if I'm reading a, a business marketing book, I'm not, th this book isn't to give me like biblical doctrine. I'm reading it for business marketing. It's like going to math class. I'm going to math class to learn math. 
whether the teacher's an atheist or whatever the teacher believe. Now, if they say something against God, which that I've experienced that, I'm going, yeah, we're we going to push that aside. But two plus two is still four. You know what I'm saying? So you could teach me math, right? But don't teach me English because I don't, I don't come here for English. I come here for math. All right, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make these book suggestions with that in mind that there is no one stop shop. I have been I started on my journey, you know, eight or nine years ago. We've talked about it. I won't go through all of that. What I'm saying is I'm still learning every day. I don't know everything now, so I'm constantly learning. This has been a constant thing. That's why it's hard to take something you've been doing for eight years and then answer a person's question and they want like. Yo, tell me what I can do today. And the, the answer to that is like, you can start. Like, I'm going to give you a bunch of places you can start, but you got to start somewhere. You feel me? All right. So uh, book number one, Shoe Dog. I actually talked about this book on one of the episodes. Um, this is by Phil Knight. Um, the, uh, this is the book of, the, he's the guy that started, that founded and created Nike, right? So I read this book, and and the purpose behind reading this book, if you want to check this out, is to understand and see the process of starting a business, a successful business, from start to finish. That was the value that this book really provided. was like, okay, there's this successful company. I wear their shoes. like I like their clothes, whatever it is. I've been rocking Nike my whole life. I do like Adidas now as well. I've been rocking a lot of Adidas, so shout out to both of y'all. You know what I'm saying? If y'all want to sponsor the show, check me out. I'll let you. Oh, that was so silly. Uh, all right. Anyway, um, I'll let your boy. Um, so this book is really about that process from start to finish, right? That's where Shoe Dog really comes in because you can really understand how he created Nike and the entire story and the ins and outs and how it became the brand it is today. And for me, that was really important is just like understanding where something starts. Like, oh, I didn't even think about the relevance of what I just said, right? You started as Nike. There were people that didn't believe in you, wanted to say you couldn't become something. But this book was really about a process, right? Just the same way I told you. Don't let where you start limit where you can go. Nike started like in a little, like it was just a random dude's idea, a young dude at that, right? So if he could start Nike from scratch like that, then you can, who knows what you could become. So that's Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. The next book is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I've made this book suggestion to a lot of people, right? But here's what you really want to look for and the reason why I'm suggesting this book. This book will challenge the way you think about money. That's why you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, There was a way that I used to think about money based on where I came from and based on everything that had ever been taught to me. And Robert Kiyosaki was one of the first people that I read their books about finances and money. And he said things that I instantly didn't understand. And like, it reminds me of like, why what I, what I say about like doing this show and and talking to people and things is like, I know I'm going to say something sometimes that is something you either haven't heard or just haven't heard it this way. But I want you to listen. And the challenge right now, these days is so many people, they want to argue before they listen. They get mad first. You, get, you, you realize how crazy that is to get mad first before you even understand something? And I know in this book, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, but like in this book, the whole rich dad, poor dad idea was that his, 
his dad, who's his poor dad, which was his actual father, you know, his view of money was like, yo, go get a job and be limited and, you know, do whatever people been doing to make money. And basically his poor dad, which was his friend's father, um, who he had to beg to let to to be able to learn from him. Um, he taught him about being free entrepreneurship and how to how to actually um, make money. But he wouldn't pay him uh, like from what I remember, like, let me not mess up none of the points. Read the book and check it out. Um, but anyway, there were some concepts in that book that will throw you off when you first hear them. But if you actually take a step back and listen and hear them through and through, um, there there's a lot of great points and a lot that you could take from that book. All right. Uh, the Power of Broke by Damon John. Man, this book, The Power of Broke, um, this is a book that you read to be inspired to eliminate excuses and instead tap into the power of your weakness. So when we talk about, you know, Damon John coming from the, the inner city in New York, coming from the hood, um, this book was about not how that made you weak, but how that made you strong. And I really like, I just enjoyed like the stories and he, you know, interviewed different people and heard their stories. And I love hearing people's stories, man. I'm, I'm so inspired by stories because they're real. They're your life. Again, they're not you telling me something because you heard it or you talking in theory. You're inspiring me because you've been through something. I can take a lot from people who've been through something. There's a lot of respect there. And that's what this book does. The power of broke. So if you're a person and you, you know, have that thing that you think is a legitimate excuse and maybe it kind of is, this is the book for you to read, to understand and hear other people's stories and see like, wow, wait a minute. This dude had no arms and no legs and became a world champion wrestler. Oh, maybe I should reevaluate. Um, me saying I can't do something just because I'm from this hood or just because I'm this color or just because they don't like me. No, there's more in you and more for you to tap into. All right. A couple more books and we done. The Millionaire Next Door. Um, who was this by? Thomas Stanley, I believe. Um, the Millionaire Next Door, Next Door was really about um, learning the importance of becoming a contributor versus just a consumer in society. And this is one of those books that will change the way you look at people who have money. And so a lot of what we see today is if I want to prove to you that I have money, then I need to go and get the most expensive car. I got to have the most expensive watch. I got to always be dressed a certain way and da, da, da. And we get that mentality a lot of times from people who really are like super rich, like um, celebrities, um, athletes, right? Those people have an astronomical amount of money. But that doesn't mean you can't go and be a millionaire, a one millionaire or two million or 10, whatever, right? You might not get 400 million like some basketball player because they sign an endorsement deal and they represent 1% of 1% of the population. So the thing that makes it difficult about money is that the people that are in our face the most represent the least of us, like the least amount of us when I say the least of us. So like you seeing celebrities and trying to go buy the clothes they buy. It's like, bro, that's 1% of 1% of the people. It ain't but so many people who have that much money. You get what I'm saying? It ain't a lot of people when you look at the world as a whole who got $100 million. And so you going out and you seeing, you know, your favorite rapper and your favorite athlete, and you like, oh, or this your favorite Hollywood actress or reality star, and they dress in a certain way. You like, oh, I'm about to go get the whatever, whatever's and spend $1,500 on these shoes. The Millionaire Next Door 
is a book about like that, the millionaire, how somebody could be right next door to you, looking like an average person, chilling, you know, not trying to prove nothing every day. And you're looking at the person that's dressing flashy and think they have the most money. And really, a lot of times, the dude who's the millionaire is the dude who's over there chilling and not trying to prove nothing to you. But he, he and his family are taken care of for a couple generations. That's the millionaire next door. Last but not least, um, I read this book um, called Black Man in a White Coat by Damien Tweedy. Um, I thought this was a great book. Um, this was about a black doctor and a lot of his experiences um, going to, I believe, Duke University um, and just that aspect. But he also talked about not just his experiences from a student perspective, but once he became a doctor, he talked a lot about how doctors looked at and um, kind of maybe limited sometimes people based on the color of their skin and things like that, right? And the different sicknesses and things that people might deal with. And I think that's a really relevant topic today, right? And it's like, you still can. You can get up and get yourself together. You can get healthy. Like, we don't have to be limited because of what we look like or where we come from. And these are the type of books that I think we should all be reading to become better people overall. All right, man. Look, guys, people, we got to move on with the show. Uh, do me a favor and text this number, 833-946-2518. Text me. And this is all I want you to text me, um, you know, is be inspired. B-E-I-N-S-P-I-R-E-D. Be inspired. No spaces. Text it all as one word to me, and you will become a part of the IGP text family. And I send out text messages like once every two to three weeks because I try my best not to spam you. A lot of times it's videos. I actually might start sending y'all a couple of pictures, some behind the scenes stuff or things like that. You know what I mean? I'm going I'm to just be real. I'm a real private person, but I do think it's important to connect with y'all. Um, so I'm like trying to think of ways that I could step out of my privacy and give you some behind the scenes and some valuable inspiration and content. Uh, without going too far. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it really ain't none of your business. I'm just playing, man. Text me. 833-946-2518. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry. And the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb. Just to make it here. You just heard about 15 seconds of my song entitled... Be inspired by yours truly, J. Will Music, from my pro project, I Can Talk, project entitled The Inspiration. What those words say, I can see beyond the tears you cry and the pain you feel. I saw everything you had to... Oh, I drew a blank. Every hill you had to climb just to make it there or here. Anyway... You get the words, uh, you get the point. Um, I could talk. Um, sometimes I know my music and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't. Anyway, um, that song is called Be Inspired. And even those lyrics right there is like, I can see beyond the tears you cry and the pain you feel. I'm saying that I, I saw every hill you had to climb just to make it here because I'm one of you. Like, I'm with you. like that. And that's the thing. Like, I think sometimes people don't understand is like, I'm inspiring as one of you. I'm not talking down to anyone because I, I'm either there or I've been there. Like, and a lot of the things we deal with on this show is like, because I seen it, 
firsthand because I know it, because I'm familiar with it. And so it's like I'm inspiring people because I literally believe I literally have seen how you can do it. Like, I'm telling you, like, this show has been a blueprint. If if you ever really want to know, like, just go back to episode one and, like, take notes, though. Like, you can't. I'm just being real with you. This ain't the kind of content you could just listen to and let it go. Like, you got to, like, you got to do something with this. All right, let me let me stop there. All right, y'all, like, how you going to tell me how good your content is, player? It's good, though. That boy good. All right, anyway, I'm joking. Let's take it to the word real quick. James chapter one, right? So last week on episode 127, this is episode 128. Woo, man, we've coming up on 150. Like, that's kind of crazy, man. I'm excited um, just about the fact that we made it this far by faith. We made it this far. Uh, anyway, James chapter one last week. So we were looking at the book of James last week in chapter one, um, you know, in the earlier verses where it was talking about the perfect work of patience, right? And we understood walking away from that, that really to be truly patient means to be, to have the, the capacity, right? To, have, to endure maybe some unfavorable circumstances, but it was this really key part. And it was without complaining or without anger, right? When I think about that part, that's a really challenging part. It's challenging for me, um, to be honest. And it really, like, really kind of hit home with me. Um, as it relates to like, yo, you're not being patient just because you're waiting. <laughs> you, you're really being patient or, or and you're not allowing the perfect work of patience just because you're waiting. You need to wait and endure without complaining, without anger for it to be considered a perfect work of patience. All right. So now we're going to go down to James. We still in chapter one. We're going to go to verse 19. We're going to read 19 through 26. And I was studying this this week and, you know, just like really trying to develop and build on what was already said last week. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so let's check it out. James 1 and 19. Understand this, my brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. All right, let's just, let's just take, a, take a brief like pause right there. Quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Honestly, I could just be done with the show right there. When you think about, even as I'm thinking about what I said earlier and like why sometimes it's hard for me to tackle certain topics because they're so multi-layered and people want these like really basic answers to really complex issues. And, and if you're attacking the issues without the real education and knowledge of all of the moving parts of it, then you're only left with your emotion on that topic. And what happens a lot of times with your emotions, if you're emotional, you're never, you're never going to be quick to listen if you're emotional. You're never going to be slow to speak. And you're never going to be slow to get angry. Actually, to be emotional is almost to do the opposite. Quick to get angry, uh, slow to listen, and quick to speak, right? And so then what happens is we start talking about things that we don't know anything about. And we start arguing and debating things that we don't really understand, but we have emotion, emotions attached to those things based on, like, experience, right? And that's why even what I talk to you about, right, like how I can talk about some of these things or, like, I, I like to inspire 
because I'm one of you. But the thing about it is like at some point I had to learn more and it even goes back to how to be inspired, right? Those steps that I told you guys, those five steps. Step one is to learn. And it's really important to learn. Even when we think about what, what are we talking about, man? I'm making all these connections. I'm sorry. They happening in real time. You know, we talked about, you know, give a man a fish. He'll, he'll what eat for a day, but teach a man. If a man learns how to fish, learn. If a man learns how to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. Learning is one of the most important things you could do. But the problem a lot of times is that we literally get emotional before we even take the time to learn something. And so, all right, the Bible is saying you got to be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. And that, that angry, man, that angry is a mug because it's a lot of people mad right now. Mad and emotional about things that they might not even fully understand because they haven't fully learned them. Even I'll say this for me. That's why it was important to me. I didn't I had the uh, up from slavery book by Booker T. Washington written down, but I didn't say it because we just did an episode on it maybe four or five weeks ago. Um, so I figured y'all understood exactly why that book was important to me. But the up the book up from slavery and then Frederick Douglass is uh, Douglass is I can talk uh, his um, autobiography. Um, those really blessed me and they were important to me as a black person, um, not to just be emotional about the idea of slavery, which is really what's taught to us a lot of times is just the idea of slavery. We know that slavery existed, um, but I'll speak for myself, but I had never really spent a lot of time studying the topic and understanding the topic. And I could tell you this, when you learn about slavery, oh man, this is so powerful, right? Booker T. Washington and Frederick Douglass were slaves, but they were, ah, man, it's something about learning from someone who is from something, but better themselves. Like I said, that power, that power of uh, broke book, learning from people who've been there, but also climbed up out of the mud. And so they have both perspectives. And a lot of times, ah, this is going to hurt, but I don't mean nothing by it. A lot of times we we try to learn from people and I'm not uh, I almost don't want to say it because it sounds harsh. I don't mean it harshly. But just hear me out. A lot of times we're trying to learn from people either who are from something and never left it. So it's like, yo, yo, I'm gonna tell you about the hood because I'm from the hood. But it's like, yo, but have you ever have you ever seen the rest of the world? Have you ever like, all right, do you have that perspective? Right. Or you get you get, deal with somebody who is from you know, an affluent lifestyle. They got money and they want to tell you all about how this stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, but have you ever been broke? Or have you ever been from the hood? Have you ever visited the hood? No, I know you visited overseas, a ministry camp or something. But no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, have you ever been to Seven Mile? Have you ever been to Eight Mile? Like, you ever been to your inner city? Not the missions trip overseas, the, the missions trip in your community. Have you been there? And it's hard to listen to people who don't have that perspective because. In both situations, they really only know half the story. And so what ends up happening, man, is that when you only know half the story, again, you are just pure emotions and you quick to get angry and you quick to speak and you're slow to listen. That's not what the Bible calls us to do. All right, let's get back to the point. Verse 20, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Ooh, man. So you got people that are mad on all these sides in the world. People are mad about politics, mad about slavery, don't, haven't even necessarily really learned slavery, only been taught the idea like I was, but 
then you learn more about slavery and it's like, whoa, well, wait a minute. There are some there are some other elements to consider from the mouth of former slaves who dug their way out. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm Booker T. Washington, Frederick Douglass. They have credibility. Right. That, that's that's the man. Ah, it's credit. Find credible sources. Right. But what what a lot of people want to do is have this human anger. And it's almost a mindset of like, well, God, you're not fixing it so I can fix it. Right. And God is probably looking like, boy, you don't even know nothing about slavery. You just mad because the media said be mad about this. And like you it's uh, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So what is this saying? God desires a certain level of righteousness out of us, right? He requires something from his, his flock, from his, his believers, like he, he, his sons and daughters. He requires something from us. And what he's saying is that if you allow yourself to be driven by the anger that is produced in your own heart, right? Like, it's not going to produce the righteousness that I desire. So then what that means is a lot of times now I have a choice to make between do I follow the anger of my own heart and my own emotions, right, about this particular uh, situation that in my own self-righteousness, I have convinced myself that it's my right to be upset about it. It's my right to be angry about it. And in my anger, I'm now going to go out and act on my anger. I'm going to go change the world out of my anger and passion. And, but it's void of God's righteousness, right? So then 21 says this. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Now, this is what it's all about. I want my soul to be saved, right? I'm not just trying to change the world or make, you know, go viral. A lot of us just want to go viral these days. It's like, let me do something to go viral. Let me end up on the front page of something. Let me, let me say something like Rosa said or do something like Martin. And I understand it because growing up in school, even when I think about it now, I didn't understand it back then. But when I grew up in school, that was really, we learned in my generation, we learned uh, about, um, and I'm speaking now for at least older millennials, right? I'm, I'm an older millennial. So it's like, from, from, from my like, experience in school, we learned about the black experience through civil rights. And the good thing about that is because it was a lot of dope people and a lot of dope things being done in the civil rights era. But the bad thing about it is civil rights was presented to us as such a like, great thing that so many of us aspire to be it. So it's like, oh, okay, I got to do what Martin did. Like, that's how we do. And so, which, like, it's hard. It's just like some people want to be, want to be like Mike. You watch basketball so much, and you'll be shooting track. You ever watch a bunch of basketball, and then you go and shoot, a, like, a, a paper towel in the, in the trash can? Kobe! <laughs> Kobe! <laughs> it's because that's what you watch. And, and so a lot of us... Sometimes we're trying to reenact what we've seen, but without the level of understanding or, or information or knowledge or even spiritual maturity as the people who came before us. And I'm not saying that's always the case. I'm just giving you things to think about as it relates to being driven by your human anger, because Martin, for instance, Martin Luther King wasn't driven by anger. You get what I'm saying? 
Like, and, and that's, ah, like, I know I've heard, I'm, I'm saying this because I've heard a lot of people in the last year, like, prayer ain't working no more. We got to get out there and do it ourselves. And it, it's, it's like, man, it, it makes me nervous. I understand why in your humanity you want to get mad, but your anger is not sustainable in the long run to actually get you where you want to go. Your anger can't save your soul. All right? This is just the word of God. We just reading. Verse 22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. What is this saying? It's saying, I just can't read these scriptures that say, you know, hey, be slow to speak, be uh, uh, quick to listen and slow to get angry. It sounds good. If I post it on Instagram, it might get enough likes. But we can't just listen to it or we're fooling ourselves. We must act on it. Ah, and I know it's tough, y'all. Like, listen, I'm not, I'm talking to you because I feel it too. I understand it. I understand how sometimes you like, no, nah, man, I'm passionate. I'm mad. And your anger feels like the righteous and the right thing to do, but it's not. And that's why you got to be quick to listen, slow to speak. Slow to get angry. If this make you mad, you might not be following the scripture, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, did you did you listen first? Was you slow to speak? Uh, was you slow to get angry? Yeah, did you listen first? Was you slow to speak? Uh, was you slow to get angry? Hey, uh, how did I do that? All right, let's let's keep it moving. Wow. Verse 23. So for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. 24. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. <laughs> wow, man. You don't you don't want to forget what the word says. And that's how some of us do when we don't obey the word. Verse 25. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Isn't it amazing that sometimes the thing that we are ignoring is the thing that God sent to set us free? Your anger not going to set you free and it's not going to save your soul. But what Jesus did for you can set you free, right? Give you peace and save your soul at the same time. Now, the question is, do you want peace? Do you want your soul to be saved? Or do you only see yourself through the eyes of your past? Are you limited based on where you started from? Are you limited based on what your forefathers and ancestors and what the people did before you? Because sometimes I think we've romanticized the experiences of the past so much that we just want to be that. And what am I saying? I'm saying in particular, like, for instance, as a black man, um, and this could relate to a lot of things, but like as a black man, I find myself being like, man, like, all right, so what's the end goal? I've told y'all a million times, I'm a solutions oriented person. I like to spend more time thinking about the solution than the problem itself. That's just how I am. Doesn't mean you have to be that way. Doesn't mean that that's the right way to be. I'm just telling you how my mind thinks. It's like, okay, cool. How do we solve that? So for me, when you come to me and you talk about like an oppressor and this, 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 first I want to learn. Okay, cool. I'm going to learn from people who actually lived in that time. I want to read their writings. I want to also look at some differing points of view. I've told y'all about things I've read or things I've done. I do that so I can have. Not just an emotional opinion, but an educated opinion to the best of my ability. I'm not saying it's perfect or it's right um, completely. But what I am saying is that I at least do try to balance things out before I just jump to conclusions on something. So then at the end of the day, 
once I kind of understand all the things that's going on, then I'm like, okay, how do we solve for it? Because I don't want to relive Booker T. Washington, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, and Harriet Tubman life. I'm good on that, bro. So how do I move beyond it? And then sometimes I think, man, and I'm just being real, sometimes I'm like, dang, like, do some of us just love the problem? We love the problem too much to let it go. Like, we don't even want to, we don't even want peace from it. Because sometimes our whole identity is wrapped up in the problem. Like, bro, like, uh, can we talk about something else? Can I move on? Uh, uh, can I move on? Uh, 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 are you too mad uh, 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 to let me go? Can I move on? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I done, I done created like three or four songs right off, right off, you know, on the spot tonight. You know what I'm saying? I'm giving y'all a go. All right, let's keep it going. We want freedom. We want salvation from God. We don't want to be driven by our anger. We want to be able to listen. And we want to be able to control our emotions. We want to be emotionally intelligent. All right? A couple more scriptures or uh, one or two more. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Man, got to control your tongue. See, we're talking about anger again. Some of us, like... And I could be guilty of that, too. You just let yourself say whatever you're thinking. You just now you're talking out of anger and you're fooling yourself. And then it goes on to tell us what good religion is. Verse 27, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. What I like about this is orphans and widows. These are the type of people that should be helped. So like. It is a good and godly thing to help people in distress, right? I think that's something we should be thinking about is how do I help people in distress? But we got to be careful not to do things to enable them to remain in distress. If at all possible for, for them to get to freedom and to be set free, like you don't, rem you don't remind a victim every day, right? Because I know when I use the word oppressor, like some people like, because even, like I said, race just triggers people even though like I'm like, I've been black. I was black before it was popular to be black. I just want y'all to know that. Like I've, I've lived a whole black life. So like <laughs> for me, it's like, yo, I've been black, bro. I know we just came out and we just like, we like the new, uh, it's the new style. Like, all right, yeah, yo, wear the skinny jeans. Like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm them. I'm the skinny jeans, but I'll, but I was the skinny jeans when y'all was rocking bell bottoms too, though. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, they forgot to put my bell at the bottom. Um, what am I trying to say at the end of the day is don't let this world corrupt you. So at the end of the day, when you talk about the fact that there are people who need to be helped, right? There are things that need to be done, but you got to make sure you aren't keeping them there. And it really ends and says, refuse. Ah, I need y'all to hear this. Refuse to let the world corrupt you. Man, I'm telling you, believers out there, this is, some, this is something that's needed today. A refusal to let the world corrupt you, that means that they are going to try. That means that this, there's going to be pressure and lots of doctrines and philosophies coming at you faster than the speed of light. But the Bible calls us to do things according to the word of God, to not be angry about it, right? To not, not be controlled by our emotions, but to listen and, and, and be slow to speak and slow to get angry, but also to go out and care for people who need it while also not allowing the world to corrupt us. 
Now, to me, that's a message for believers on every side of the track. Like, we are united by faith. I shouldn't be fighting you because you're not from seven mile in the hood like me. And you shouldn't be mad at me because I didn't grow up in Beverly Hills. But if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Then no matter how far across those railroad tracks we are from each other, we are brothers and sisters. And I'm going to tell you something. We should act like it. And there's nothing more messed up than God to come back and see his kids fighting each other. Why? Because, oh, you this politically, I'm that politically, this. It's like we fighting over the wrong stuff. <laughs> we mad about the wrong stuff, man. It's, it's, it's a lot. I know it's a lot. But I hope you got something out of it. And I definitely love and appreciate you for rocking with the show. And above all else, man, when you listen to this podcast, I will hope and pray that you are inspired. I'll see you next I'll week. See you next Stop saying what you gonna do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. Stop saying what you gonna do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry and the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb just to make it here. When you say you ain't afraid to die, is it fake to fear? Is it safe to say you lie? You can be real with me. When you blame the haters, God made you. God made you. You're the reason you ain't made it. You're the reason you ain't made it. Take your focus off the fame. See the purpose that He gave you. To lift his name, Jesus. That's how we go from down and out to made new. I can see the newer you, the safe soul. It's deeper than the dollars and the pesos. The devil is still on attack. You gotta be quicker than that. Store the treasure in heaven. You can't be richer than that. I mean, how you gonna be richer than that? Stop saying what you gonna do till you do what you said. When you open that Bible, you knew what you read. Deep in your soul, the promise did not expire. Be inspired. Stop saying what you gonna do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. God told me to go to Nineveh. I replied back, Nana, never. I'm on my way to Tarshish. Then I started drowning. God told me to go to Nineveh. I replied back, Nana, never. I'm on my way to Tarshish. Then I started drowning. When my eyes opened, there was darkness all around. What I thought was killing me was saving me for now. Allowing me to grow, experience some downs. If I hit the clouds, I will not forget the ground. I won't be entitled, but my title be inspired. I say death to lazy when I'm tired of being tired. Gifted with a gift and I'ma give it till it's gone. Not too long from now, you probably get another song. Yeah, I mean, I stay in the studio, man. Stop saying what you gonna do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. Stop saying what you gonna do till you do what you said. 
When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. God told me to go to Nineveh. I replied back, no, no, never. I'm on my way to Tarshish. Then I started drowning. God told me to go to Nineveh. I replied back, no, no, never. I'm on my way to Tarshish. Then I started drowning. My inspiration, the word of God, open the Bible. In the beginning, God created, so you know what I do. I'm not a rival, and no, I don't want idols. I have no idea what I would be without him. Lord, keep me on this creative path you got me on. In my purpose, I'm in a zone. It's so worth it. Yeah, Lord, I want to do right by you. I don't want to fall short. Don't want to get caught up in all this world has to offer. It's a little freestyle. Be inspired.